So uh, we've been talking about um, kind of our mission around here, and last week we began to lay out for you kind of the new mission and direction of our church. Uh, simply put, it's love God, love people, do something. Take that from the first and the second greatest commandment, and uh, do something. This is James. Don't just be hearers of the word, but actually do what it says. And uh, shared with you guys where God's been leading us. So last week we talked about how that affects us. How, 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 how do we love God with everything that we are and everything that we have? How, how do we stop focusing on all of the church behaviors that we tend to focus on, right? Are you reading your Bible? What does your church attendance look like? Are you in this? Are you doing that? Like, like the behaviors flow out of a love relationship for God. So let's stop focusing on behaviors and, and just raising up religious people. And instead, let's focus on teaching people how to love God with all of their heart. Because if they love God with everything that they are, all the rest happens naturally, right? And so we're, we're going we're gonna to do that. And so last week we talked about how to love God. Now some of you are looking at me like, I wasn't here last week and the sermon's not on the internet. I know, I haven't put it there on purpose uh, because it, we, we're reworking our whole mission and vision. So this is going to be under our purpose page of our website and, and you're literally going to be able to go and you can listen to all these, but we're putting them up together. So uh, that's why you haven't seen them in, in like three or four weeks, okay? So it's coming. Uh, but here's what I want to do. So last week we covered what loving God looks like as part of the mission of this church. This week we're going to talk about what loving people and doing something looks like as part of our mission. And we'll start with loving people. Same question we asked last week, right? said, love God. That sounds really good on paper. Uh, uh, what does that look like? How do I do that? What, what does it mean to love God, right? So this week, let's answer that same question. What does it mean to love people? Uh, I mean, it sounds so simple, just love people, but what does that actually mean? And so this, this morning, I've got a talk with four points with a mini sermonette in the middle. Ready? Here we go. All right, point number one, uh, loving people means that we have to learn how to love one another, okay? Loving people means that we have to learn how to love one another, kind of a big deal, also a command of Jesus, right? Jesus says this, uh, John chapter 13, he says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, uh, so you must now love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Now, I know you've heard that a million times, so here's my prayer for you. Let's, let's, let's look at it this morning maybe with fresh eyes and a new set of ears, okay? So let's walk through that again. Um, so, so Jesus says a new command, I love one another, right? Well, cool, yeah, Jesus, I'm down with that. I'll, I'll do that, okay? Uh, how? He says, he, he quantifies it, ready? As I have loved you. Whoa, wait a sec. Hold up. I was down with loving one another. This is like other fellow Christians, people within the church. That's not a building, by the way. That's, that's people that belong to Jesus. He's saying, people that follow me, you should care and love for one another. How should we care and love for one another? Members of the body of Christ. Ready? <laughs> as I've loved you. Woo! You mean, we, we have to love each other as Jesus loved us and gave himself up as an atoning sacrifice for our sins? We have to sacrificially put others in a place of more importance even though we might deserve that spot? Yep, that's what I'm saying. We have to put aside all of our wants and desires and love people and, and actually make them more important than ourselves. Jesus, so, so you've got to love one another. How? As I have loved you. Why? So that the world will know. What will they know? That you belong to me. Why? Because this is the most unnatural thing on the face of the planet. The, the rule of this world is simple, right? 
He who has the goal makes the rules, right? Look out for number one and try not to step in number two. And Jesus said, listen, here's the deal. I want you to love radically different. The way that you care for one another will fly in the face of this world and all its beliefs, and you'll stand out for my sake. If if you care for each other the way that I've cared for you, the world's going to look at you and say, something's wrong with those folks. They must belong to that Jesus guy. That's that's what he says. And so it's a big deal. And so he says, love one another is is I have loved you by this. All men are going to know that you're my disciples. So again, I'm an inquiring dude. I just, I, I, I struggle. I'm a struggler. I've told you I'm probably the chief of strugglers here this morning. I wish I could take that and go, yeah, I got that, Lord. But I, if I'm honest, I got to say, God, I don't even know how to do that. How, how, do I, how do I genuinely love others like you've loved others? And, and, and so the word of God is sufficient in all things. And I believe the book of Philippians paints a picture of what this love looks like. So turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, if there was a, I don't know of a better chapter that really portrays the love of Christ and what it means for us to now love one another and, and how to treat one another. And uh, I think this lays it out. So I'm going to read Philippians 2, 1 through 8, and then 14 through 16. Uh, it says this, it says this, if, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and in purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Do you see this picture being painted? It says each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Verse 14, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. So how, how do we love one another? Okay? So let's just walk through this. First and foremost, we remember we're on the same team. <laughs> we're going to love one another. We have to remember we're on the same team. That, that's what it's saying. I, I mean, if you look at, um, start in verse 2 there. Uh, i got to be in Philippians. In verse 2, it says, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and in purpose. This is, this is about teamwork. And that's the call. You want to love one another. Treat each other like teammates. Remember that you're on the same squad, man. You know, there, there's only two people in the world, two people groups in the world that really um, eat their own. It's cannibals and Christians. And that's it. We just devour our own all the time. And, and that's not, like, the world doesn't know that we're Christ's disciples because we don't love each other. And, and the key to loving each other is to be on the same team, right? I, I played two sports primarily growing up my whole life. Uh, since I can remember, since I could walk, I, I kicked a soccer ball and tried to shoot a basketball, even though I was like the shortest kid on the face of the planet. Um, but uh, I still tried really hard. And, uh, and, and it was crazy. I had different coaches, but I swear they called one another because they said the same thing to me, whether I was on a basketball court or on a, on a, on a soccer field. I, I heard the coach scream the thing, same thing like all the time. And maybe it's just coach lingo and we all do it, right? Here it is. 
Same team, same team, right? You're in basketball and you're trying to get a rebound and you're elbowing people and you're like hitting your, your center in, in, the, in the jaw. That's not good, right? Because that's where all the offense is going to flow through and point guards shouldn't really be getting the rebounds anyway. But, but, right, same team, same team. Stop fighting. You're on the same team. You're on the same squad. Same thing in soccer. Man, two guys go after a ball and the coach be yelling, listen, same team, same team. Church, I believe with all my heart, God, God's, God's saying the same thing to us. We are on the same team. We've got to stop destroying one another. We've got to stop tearing one another down. We've got to stop looking for faults and failures. We, we, we've got to love, encourage, be one in spirit, one in purpose. All right? And so, so we start there. Loving each other means that we remember on the same uh, team. It also means that we stop being selfish. Stop being selfish. Verse 3, I mean, again, we're just walking through text here. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Loving one, one another means we, we literally, we stop putting ourselves first. You've heard that statement, there's no I in team. Well, guess what? There's no I in church either. So you can't come and go, well, I didn't like the music or I didn't like the preaching. That guy was too loud or too soft or too short or too tall or the lights were too dim. There's no I in church. It, does, it, it just doesn't work that way. And so we can't love one another and constantly talk about our own preferences. That's not love. That's not love. So to love one another, we've got to get all the eyes out of the conversation. You may just write that down somewhere. Like how often do I use the word I here when I'm with my fellow brothers and sisters, right? Number three, uh, we're going to love one another. We've got to make others more important. We've got to make others more important. Again, this is, this is just coming straight out of the Scripture. Verse 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Get this, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interest of others. You, you make others more important. Um, it was crazy last week. We had more comments on the music than we've had in, in ages. And we just had people just, just pouring out. Oh, the music service was amazing. We just had it so good. It's blah, 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 blah. I mean, just people calling, emails. It was crazy. It was awesome, right? It's good stuff. Good stuff. Here's the deal. I'm going to be honest with you. If, if you're kind of new here and you really enjoy what happens here, I'm going to be honest. Let me tell you where it began. It began with a, a group of senior adults in, our, in this church five and a half years ago in a real frank conversation. And I just said to our senior adults, how many of you have grandkids? They all raised their hands. I said, awesome. I said, how many of you would do anything in the world for your grandchildren to, to love coming to this place and worshiping God? How many of you would do anything in the world? And they're like, we'd do anything in the world, pastor. And I was like, awesome. How many of you would change your music? And they're like, you young whippersnapper, you were setting us up. I said, yes, I was. But you know what? They said resoundingly, resoundingly. Yeah, we do it. We would do it. We'd change it. And I said, well, here's the deal. I'm not going to ask you to change everything. I promise. We'll always be a church that does hymns. But we also have to do contemporary stuff. Okay, so we're going to blend it. We're, we're going to bring a new instrumentation. We're going to lift up Jesus. Everything that we do. And, and, and I love when we hired Alan and he came on. Everything that we do, we, we believe is him worthy. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. So if you enjoy the music that you hear when you come here, one, thank God, but two, thank the senior adults that were willing to say, it doesn't have to be my way. I care about others more than I care about having it my way all the time. That's huge. 
That's, that's the spirit you look for in a church. So you've got to praise it and call it out when you see it. Number four, we love one another. If we're going to love one another, we have to copy Christ's example. Again, just verse 5 through 8, our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And it talks about how he became nothing and was a servant. Can I be honest? This is the answer to most of the church's problems today right here. Ready? Are you upset with something in your church? Are you? Are you upset with something in Christianity today? Ready? I'm going to give you the solution. Write it down. You're not going to get it anywhere else. Ready? If you're upset with, with, with anything going on in the Christian faith today, here's your answer. Ready? Go serve somewhere. That's it. When you go put other people's needs above your own, when you go serve, God changes your heart and your mind. It just, it happens. Like, you are not meant to be a sponge and to soak in all the goodness of God and, and then just sit there. If you sit there with all the goodness and the love of God, uh, you know what happens to the sponges that I keep out by my sink and I don't squeeze out? Yee. Whole kitchen. Don't even walk in that. That's a disaster zone at that point. Sponges are meant to be squeezed out. They're meant to soak up, but they're also meant to be squeezed out. Christian friends, you're meant to soak up the love of God, but you're also meant to squeeze it out upon others. Okay? It's got to work that way. And so, so we, loving one another means we copy his example. We serve. And, and, and here's the last one, guys. Loving one another, genuine, if, if there's no I in church, there's no I in, 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 in the way that we, we care for one another, then loving one another means we quit complaining and campaigning. We can't quit complaining and, and campaigning. Verse 14, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault and a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. Verse 3 says, do, uh, uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition. That's a Greek political term that talked about to unjustly um, uh, elevate yourself to some kind of political office. No politics in the church. No complaining in the church. That's not what church is about, right? So if you want to be the church to the world, you can't go on rants on Facebook and think that you're going to bring about change. If you want to bring about change, love fellow Christians and love those that don't know Christ yet. Be a light unto them as you hold out the word of life in the way that you live and in the things that you do, okay? So, so first and foremost, if we're going to love people, um, we've we got to start here um, in the body of believers called Christians. We've got to learn to love one another, all right? You, you should see your brothers and sisters as, as one of the greatest gifts that God has given to you, people that are meant to bear your burdens and walk through life with you, and so love one another deeply. Number two, if we're going to love people, uh, that means that we have to learn how to love our neighbor. We've got to learn how to love our neighbor, Remember, this is the greatest uh, commandment is love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Jesus said, Matthew 22, and the second is like it. You love your neighbor as yourself. And so three weeks ago or so, um, we talked about this. We talked about the parable of the Good Samaritan and what it looks like to be a neighbor. Remember, uh, they're trying to stump Jesus. Well, who is my neighbor? And he tells this great parable of the Good Samaritan. And we talked about the fact that that loving our neighbor um, requires a costly, sacrificial, dangerous um, act that is aimed at meeting the whole needs of a person that is placed in our path. It's what Jesus has done for us. And so I challenge you, start with your physical neighbor. So look, do this, look at the back of your sermon notes um, real quick. Take a peek, flip them over. All right, how many people have seen that before? Raise your hand. All right, you know why you've seen it before? It's because three weeks ago when I preached on loving your neighbor, I gave it to you as a homework assignment, okay? And here was the challenge. I said, I need you to take this sheet of paper and I want you to put it on your fridge. Now, how many people have this sheet of paper sitting on the fridge? 
Yeah. So two options. Either I, I, I waste church money and, and I, I reprint this on a magnet that will stick to your fridge. Or you take the eight cent piece of paper that you had and we already paid for uh, sermon notes and you actually go home and put it on your fridge. Because I will continue to bug you about it. This is going to be our aim this year. By golly, we're going to start loving our neighbor by loving our physical neighbor, right? Eight spots on that, I believe. Isn't that right? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, eight spots. Do you know that the majority of people cannot even fill in the very first blank? What, is, what are the names of your surrounding neighbors? Only 10% of people can do it. Only 10%. Jesus, second greatest commandment in all of life. Love your neighbor. We don't even know their names. How are we doing at that, right? I'm just saying, as, as, as a church, as a whole, global Christianity, I think we're kind of stinking. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is like Lazarus kind of moment. Like, don't let him out. Me thinketh, he, he stinketh. I mean, we are, we are stinking it up. 10% of people. Now, here's the deal. When you go beyond that and you want to know some personal information, like what are, what are the names of their kids or their dogs or their hobby? And you can't, by the way, that has to come through conversation. You can't sit in your driveway and overhear them yelling at their dog. Go, oh, well, their dog's name's Skippy. That doesn't count. They've got to come through personal contact, right? Personal information. To know personal information of all eight people, only 3% of people do know that. Only 3%. Well, 3%. Then when you talk about deep stuff, like real stuff, like what are their hopes and their fears or their dreams? What are they struggling with? What are the burdens that you could lift for them? Only 1%. Only 1%. The world will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. Sorry, I don't even know your name. Like, I know I live across the street from you. I know that God has ordained that my home be within walking distance from yours, but I am too busy for you. That's not okay, right? So we have to learn how to love our neighbors. We've got to get better. And here's room for... So, everybody listen. Pay attention. Woohoo! Church part. I know I said stuff you didn't like, but don't tune me out. Okay? So here's the, here's the challenge. Either you go home and you put this on your fridge with the little magnets you already have, or I'm going to have to pay to get a magnet made that we can stick on your fridge. This way is a lot cheaper, I'm going to be honest. We can use the rest of that money to do really good ministry, but if I have to pay for it, I will. I will. I'll take it out of somebody's budget. <laughs> I won't tell them either until wait, wait, you can blame all those people that wouldn't put it on their fridge. That's where it came from. We don't have any money to eat. Uh, here we go. So, uh, all right, please take it home. Now, now here's the deal. Don't do that kind of, don't feel like a complete failure because I've told you I'm already the chief of sinners here. I, I've failed miserably at this, but I knew beforehand that I was going to start doing this and I had to start going to meet my neighbors. And it is a humble crow eating experience, man. And nobody likes to eat crow, right? I mean, you have to go to them and you're like, uh, hi, I, I know I've lived across the street from you for five and a half years, but I am a failure at life and I don't know your name. My name's Jason. And they're like, yeah, I know who you are. You're the pastor at First Baptist. I'm like, oh, gosh. So let me be honest with you. You're not going to have to have that experience, right? You don't have that one. So it can't be that bad, right? And so I uh, just encourage you, encourage you, give it a shot, okay? And, and start small. Pick, pick like one of those houses a week or even a month, man. Just I'm going to make it my aim this month. We're going to try to meet the guy that lives right across the street. 
We're going to try to get his name and his wife's name. And when you get it, write it on the fridge. Because if you're like me, I, I'm so bad with names. Like if I know your name, thank Jesus, okay? Because I've really worked hard to learn your name. I went back over name cards 50 times. I'm just bad. So, so put it on your fridge and this is what I do. Before you go out to meet that neighbor and you'll howdy. Like run inside, look at the mirror. Oh, oh, oh okay, yeah. Mm-mm. John and Jane. Hey, hey, John. Hey, Jane. How are you? Just want to say hi and just get in the car and drive away. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I knew their name. What? What? I cheated. Cheated. You can cheat on this test. It's okay. All right. Just start somewhere. Start one square at a time. One. Okay. We, we've got to. We've got to learn to love our neighbor. Uh, number three. Loving people. Huge guys. Loving people means that we've got to start acting more like ushers than bouncers. Okay. Loving people means we start acting more like ushers than bouncers. You know what a bouncer is? That's the big, that's the big dude that sits outside the nightclub and is like, nope, you don't get to come in here. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, Rodney, I'd have you stand up and just be a specimen for me. I mean, if you want to do that, that's fine. Hey, hey, that, oh, hey more Rodney looking than me looking. You know what I'm saying? I mean, bouncers. And, and, and here's the deal, guys. Jesus was always an usher. You just think about it. When Jesus ushered everyone into his presence, he, he, he ushered the, the paralyzed and the poor and, and, the, and the hypocrites. Everybody was welcome. Like, I mean, prostitutes, you name it. Everybody was ushered in. Come and eat with me. Come and be. Like, let the children come to me for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as he. So Jesus was always an usher. It's, it's the dumb disciples that are usually bouncers. You remember, Jesus actually says, let the children come to me because the disciples were keeping them back. What is it in our spiritual DNA that we think, hey, I've got Jesus, nobody else has access now, right? And and I just, I want to challenge you. I I don't know what you think about people, but if you're going to love people, you better start being an usher. And, and, And hear this, like on the record, there is no one in our city that's off limits for you to invite. No one. But well, 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 I, I don't, you don't know my neighbor. Don't have to. There is no one in our city that is off limits for you to invite to church. No one. Do you know why? Because Jesus died for all people. That some might come to know who he is and what he's done. And so there's no one off limits. Say, but, but Jason, I, now you say that. But I've got a couple, um, one of my neighbors, and, and you know what? They're gay. I, I, you're saying I can invite them to church? Yep. Bring them on. Sit right next to them. Let, let them come sit. Now, you say, well, that's going to make me uncomfortable if they're holding hands during service. Deal with it. Grow up. Right? I mean, like, that, that's not, you, you're, not a, you're not a human being. You can't, like, look, just deal. And, and you say, well, what, what does that mean? Does that mean now we accept? No. It means we have ushered people into the presence of Jesus, believing that Jesus is the only one that can change anybody. And so we, we say, we come and, and hear. Now, here's the deal. We're going to get here in a second. But, but eventually they're going to hear the gospel and one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to accept it or they will reject it. But that's between them and the Lord. It's not our job to be the one that sifts through the, the right candidates. We're not bouncers. We are ushers. You have to believe that Jesus is bigger than any sin problem that your neighbor may have. You have to. If you don't, then you don't know him. If you don't, you don't know him or you don't know yourself because he was big enough for you. (laughs) He was big enough for me. I'm the chief. (laughs) Okay? Everybody got it? This is yes. This is I'm really uncomfortable and want to go home. (laughs) Number four, 
We already had two baptisms and full song service. I don't even care what time it is. All right, uh, number four. Loving people means, get this, now here's, if somebody said, wait a second, I don't know, he just said that, and I, I'm going to love people, what, are we not going to teach the truth anymore, are we not going to talk about sin, God, that, do you know us, have you been here before, do you not know, we, like, we are going to teach the scripture, you're going to hear about sin here, like, I usually have people go, pastor, could you just take a break for a second, because I feel like I just keep, I come to church, and I just get beat up, and I'm like, I love you, I'm just teaching the Bible, don't feel so bad, it's okay, we're all sinners, Jesus is working in us, okay? Here we go. Loving people means this. It means we speak the truth, ready? In love, in relationship. In love. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, I'm, I'm going to go again. They have the bouncer mentality. I'm going to go into the world, and I'm going to speak the truth in love. Like, listen, you need Jesus, you're going to hell. Right? Well, that may be out of some loving place. You don't want somebody to go to hell. But you're not actually saying because you love the person, because you don't even know the person. You don't know what their struggles are. You don't know what their pain is. You don't know what they're going through. You don't even know their name according to your map. So how can you say that you're actually loving them? You, you may generally, you don't want anybody to go to hell. I get that. That's out of love. Okay? But you can't, you, you don't have no relationship. Rules without relationship lead to rebellion. Okay? So you've got to establish a relationship. So here's what I believe this will look like. We decide that God is right and that everybody deserves the gospel, right? Crazy. And we invite all people because we're all ushers and nobody is beyond the love of God. And so we invite all people of all races, of all ages, from all places with all kinds of problems and they come to church and all of a sudden we're sitting around, we're like, I don't know all these people, this is uncomfortable. Good, that means that Jesus is probably working, okay? And so, so when we get there, what happens? They hear the gospel preached. We're about to start Luke for crying out loud. You want the story of Jesus and, and the teaching of Jesus all put together, that, like, hello, we're going to be there, we're going to camp out, we got some time. All right? Pray a year and a half at least. They're going to hear who Jesus is. They're going to hear uh, about the gospel. They're going to hear about their need to. Now, and here's what happens. Eventually, that person hears about eternal life, and they typically want it. Right? Happened all throughout the Bible, and they would come to Jesus. Jesus, Nicodemus, rich young ruler, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? So now we've established relationship, and we get to have this conversation. Ready? Speak the truth in love in relationship. Ready? Here it is. You can have eternal life and you can have the life of Jesus, but you have, to, you have to give up your life right now and all that you hold dear. If you want Jesus, this is the gospel. By the way, if you walked the aisle and jumped in some water and you didn't do that, we should probably talk at the end of service. Because the gospel does not lead to a little ABC prayer. It is about exchanging your sinful life for Christ's perfect life. And it means that we lay down all of our preferences. All of them. Sexual preferences, our, 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 our preferences of how we'd like to spend our money and our time and our energy and our efforts, they all lay at the foot of the cross because to follow Jesus, we've got to deny ourselves. That's, that's the heart of the gospel. Now, now hear me. Say, well, that does sound like gospel preacher. I like that. But that whole part about loving people, that's how the gospel's meant to work. So you love people and, and you usher them into the presence of God where they hear the gospel and, and then you get to have those conversations. And listen, they're going to do one of two things. Either they're going to accept Christ and they're going to repent of their sin and their life is going to change and we're going to walk with them through how to live that changed life, right? Or sadly, like the rich young ruler, they'll reject Jesus because they care too much about their own life. 
okay? One of the saddest stories in the Bible, but that's what's going to happen. That's what it looks like, okay? All right, so we're going to love people. Everybody got it? Say good. Good, all right, we're going to love people. Last thing, ready? We're going to do something. We're going to do something. Love is a verb. We have to become people of action. So what does do something mean? Uh, Specifically around here, this is just a constant call to action because of what we believe. Okay, we believe Jesus to be the Savior of all, and we have faith in Him. We believe that He He has uh, saved us so that we can be ministers of reconciliation. We're going to act like it, so we're we're just going to constantly be people of action. We want our faith and our works to work together. Okay, um, we're going to strive to make a difference daily, even in little ways. This should be our prayer every day. God, would you give me one person that I can impact positively for Your kingdom? And that doesn't mean that you have to share Christ with them. You just have to share love with them, right? That's a, that's a whole nother. You just have to love somebody. Uh, I, I preached this several months ago, and this was like an application point. Do something daily. And, uh, and I, I, I talked about Jeff Carter in the early service, so he's not here, but I'm going to talk about him while he's not here. That's not gossip, because I had permission in the first service. So here we go. Uh, and so preach that point, and I, I remember I went to go visit Jeff, and he's at the bank, and he said, you know, I've really been trying to do that, to, to do something daily just to have a positive impact on somebody's life. And he said, so I called... Um, uh, somebody yesterday out of the blue and she, you know, I hired her and she, she's risen up to come and she's just doing such a great job. He said, so I just called her out of the middle of nowhere to just say, you know what? I just want to tell you that I'm, I'm so happy for you and, and you are so good at what you do. And initially she answered the phone. She thought like something like he was reviewing her job situation. He's like, what, what, did I do something wrong? He's like, no, people are uncomfortable with it sometimes. But he said by the end of the conversation, she was so blessed. And he said, he was, I, I was probably doubly blessed from what she was blessed. Just a phone call to say, hey, man, you're doing a great job. Keep it up, right? Doesn't take much to, to change this world one day at a time. It doesn't take much. All the little things add up. So look for something daily. We want to call you into that. And then again, this is a balance of faith um, and action working together. So let me show you a big picture of how that works for us. Um, deeds, works. Um, we're we're going to become the people that God wants us to be. We're going to love God. We're going to love people. We're going to do something, right? So, so we're working on ourselves daily. That's like the work daily we're working on this. On the faith side, there's some huge things that we're walking into. And so in October, in our business meeting, you, you, if you're an active member, you need to hang out. Because here's where we are. Uh, God, not us, God paid off the land two weeks ago. Totally done. $360,000 paid off in less than two years, right? Amen. No, and if you don't believe that God did it, you don't believe it was God and the whole thing was from God. God just kind of put the cherry on top uh, two Saturday, three Saturdays ago and, and had another pastor from a church come to my house 9.30 in the morning on Saturday. Freaked me out because I was kind of in my PJs and uh, like slipping on some pants and coming outside and drinking my coffee. I just won't, I won't talk to him. And it was fine. And so on the porch of my house and, uh, and uh, he just says, hey, I, I know what you guys are doing. I've heard about it and we just want to sow into it. Can we write you a check for $10,000? Dude, what, what do you do? Yes, yes, Lord. Yeah, man. Absolutely. So just we're following God. So what, what do you do when God does something like he has done? $360,000, we've run 107 to 109% over budget through the whole time. Like, what do you do? Do you say, hey, thanks, God. Now I'm really afraid about what comes next. Or do you say, God, you're the provider, not us. You do things that we can't do. We'll continue to walk in faith. So we're going to continue to walk in faith. So in October in the business meeting, you're going to hear from our building team um, that they, we believe, uh, like everybody, in one accord, finally, thank you, Jesus, all believes like it's time that we find an architect to start figuring out what this place is supposed to look like. 
Isn't that going to be cool? And so uh, we're going to talk about, you know, who that architect's going to be and, and what that costs and all that stuff. And we're going we're to continue. So look, it's faith and works working together. Now listen, if all we did was say, hey, we're going to build a building and everything will be great. That'd be pretty silly, right? If all we did was say, hey, we're just going to be the right people and God is just going to magically build the building. We're going to show up one day and it's going to be fully done. That would be kind of silly, right? But faith and works together, okay? Just like Abraham, his faith and his actions work together. And that's what we're doing. We're going to walk that out and we want you to walk that out um, with us. Guys, we've partnered with Elgin Elementary. The 27th this month, you're going to come. Their school, uh, like, like, a vice principal and people are going to be here in our church and they're going to talk to you about how we can partner in this community to, to love not just teachers but students and parents. We are going to love our neighbors. We're going to put God first. We're going to be people of action and we want you to be a part of it and I hope and I pray that you 